Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Heart Smart is the uh, title of my message. And like I said, the subtitle is Adopting Healthy Heart Habits. And the scripture I want to read from tonight is one of my all-time favourites. It's from Second uh, Corinthians chapter 8 and it's verse 11. And I love the message uh, version of it. And it says, simply says this, The heart regulates the hands. And I find often that whenever I'm at a place where I've heard some great teaching and we get great teaching here in this church and I've heard some great things that I want to put into practice, often you get your head down and your tail up and you just move into doing. And what I found with doing, while doing that, it's handy and it's good and I believe in putting the Word of God into practice. When you hear something, then we act on it. But often what happens is we do it in our own strength and we generally then eventually get to a place where we run out of steam. And the problem is when we run out of steam, then we start blame game and we start all these things and we just get ourselves into a pickle. And we have to get back to the point where we go, you know what, at the end of the day, it's not about me doing, it's kind of about me being. And so what I, why I love this scripture, because it takes me back to where it starts. It says that the heart regulates the hands. And we heard a great message this morning from Chris just about what to do in a disaster and how we need to respond and all great stuff. And I say heartily and amen. But this message, I believe, dovetails with that because what we're saying is, yes, you know what? I need to make some adjustments. Yes, I need to make some changes. Yes, I need to do some things. But I've got to go back to the start because I'm going to run out of steam doing it on my own. I've got to start with my heart because that scripture says the heart regulates the hands. Now, uh, the dictionary definition of regulate is to adjust or control. So what it's simply saying is that whatever's going on in here, whatever's happening in here has a direct effect on what happens here. And so like I said, we can adopt the um, posture and the attitude of, I'm going to try harder, I'm going to do more. But at the end of the day, that that's not going to help us or be long uh, sustaining because it's got to start from here. Everything we do in life is initiated from the heart. So we have to be heart smart. And you know what? The society today recognises that. I mean, there's the Heart Smart Foundation. There's the, you know, all these companies are doing things and trying to comply with uh, certain regulations so they can get the Heart Smart tick on their products. You know, everybody wants Heart Smart. So if it's uh, in society and for us naturally very important to uh, be heart smart. How much more then for us in our spiritual life to be heart smart? Um, one of the scriptures in the Bible in uh, 1 Corinthians fifteen forty six says, first the natural, then the spiritual. So if it's important naturally for us to have a healthy heart, it's got to be oh so important for us spiritually to have a healthy heart. So if you're sitting here tonight and you're like me, there are certain t- you get to certain things like, why am I tripping myself up all the time? Why am I failing in that area? Why am I coming short? What I do, what I don't want to do, and when I, what I do want to do, I don't do. I don't know if anyone's in that category, same as me. You know, every Monday, I will not eat chocolate. Every Tuesday morning, I will not eat chocolate. What I want to do, I don't do. And what I don't want to do, I do do. Do do, said it again. <laughs> 
But you know what? We've got to get to that place where it's not about trying in my own strength. It's about starting with the heart. Everything I do is with the heart. So if you're here and you're like me and you're struggling with things, perhaps you're struggling to forgive someone. Perhaps you're struggling to uh, be generous. We've been talking about being generous. Perhaps generosity is a real struggle for you or serving or volunteering or just loving your neighbour or uh, just getting more involved, being obedient. Whatever it is you're struggling with, we have to understand I'm all for upskilling. I'm all for doing improvement. But we're putting the cart before the horse if we don't get to the point where we've got to start with our heart. And to give you an example of this is um, every school holidays in winter and in summer, we just have a family rule, which is we do a spring clean. Now, I, I laugh at the irony of that. It's winter and summer, but we do a spring clean. And so I say to the kids, okay, you know what? It's time to go through your wardrobe. It's time to go through your bedroom. And we need to remove what is no longer necessary anymore. And um, I was in worship here tonight on the front row and I saw my nine-year-old daughter. I don't know if anyone else saw her tonight, but she has pink tracksuit pants, which they're supposed to be tracksuit pants, but today they look like shorts. They're that short. And she had a tank top, which probably finished about here. My, our youngest daughter has a real issue with releasing things. I don't know where she gets it from. See, because Tony and I are the ultimate chuckers. So if it doesn't have a home, it doesn't belong in my home. If it's not nailed down, it doesn't stand. It just doesn't stay. So if the kids know, if they put something down and they come back tomorrow, it's like, well, you snooze, you lose. You shouldn't have left it there because it doesn't belong there. It's gone, you know. And so, but I don't know where Bailey gets it from. She is a hoarder of note. And in fairness to her, she's the youngest. So she's coming up to nine uh, in September and her older siblings, when they do the spring clean, do you know where it all goes, don't you? <laughs> goes to the nine-year-old. She's and because she's a she's a hoarder and a gifts girl. That's her love language. Give me gifts. She's just like, all oh, right, yes, I'll take it. She doesn't care if it's new, secondhand. She doesn't care if it's off the floor. She'll pick it up. Doesn't matter. It's a gift, so give it to me. I'll take it. So in the last school holidays, I was struggling big time to try and get BJ to do her room and I knew she needed clothes I mean you could just see by tonight she's desperate for clothes but I was like I'm not buying anything because I don't know what you need I open your wardrobe and it's chock-a-block full it's just like it's chockers I can't get anything in there but I can guarantee you can't wear most of it but until I can get her to say no I don't do this or I don't wear that or I don't do this we're not getting anywhere and I'm trying all school holidays like Come on, you've got to sort your room out. She's got a toy box. And again, the rule is if it doesn't fit in the toy box, it doesn't live here anymore. And so, you know, you can't get in her toy box. And then I've discovered and I've wisened up. She's got all these backpacks. And I went to find, use a backpack the other day. And I was like, why is this so heavy? Because she's stuffed everything in the backpack because she figures if mum doesn't find it, it won't go. So I was like, "Try, how am I going to get this child to do it? And then I had the revelation. The heart motivates the hands. And so I said to her, hey, Bailey, your birthday is coming up in September. And one of the rules we've always grown up with our kids is that we are blessed to be a blessing. So when it comes to Christmas and to birthdays, we've always coincided the cleans so that we can pass on. So you know what? We're expecting that they're going to get birthday presents and Christmas presents. Things are going to come to them. So you know what? Let's do a clean out so that you can pass those things on because you've been blessed to be a blessing. And I'm not talking about the junky stuff like the McDonald's toys. and all that. I'm talking good, decent toys, good, decent clothes that just don't fit. You don't have any use for anymore. You know what? You still would play with it, but someone else would be a blessing. 
So I had this revelation, the heart regulates the hand. So I said, Bailey, birthday's coming up in September. There won't be any gifts for you. You, I'll just have to tell everybody when they ask me, what should I get BJ? I'll just have to say nothing because it can't go in there. You haven't got rid of anything. Guess what? The heart, because the Bible also says where your treasure is, there your heart is also. I suddenly found it very easy for Bailey's hands to get moving in her bedroom. So again, you and I, what we've got to know and understand the essence of that story is to let us know that, you know what? The heart regulates the hands. Once I got to the issue of the heart, once I spoke to Bailey about, well, this isn't going to happen because no new toys, because no room, suddenly it wasn't such a chore. It wasn't so hard for her to get motivated for, to move with her hands. And it's the same with you and I. And it's, it's just an easy assumption or an easy um, parallel to realise that if we've got a healthy heart, we've got healthy hands. And if we've got an unhealthy heart, it's fair enough to say we've got unhealthy hands. And I just want to spend some time tonight and just share some keys about how we, some healthy heart habits that you and I can adopt so we keep a healthy heart so we have healthy hands. Proverbs 31 talks about the woman who extends her hands to the poor. We have a heart here to bless people. We have a heart here to make a difference. But you know what? I'm really concerned as to what type of hands we're extending to the poor. If we don't have a healthy heart, they're not healthy hands that we're extending to our community. If you don't have a healthy heart, it's not a healthy hand you're extending to the friends in your world. If you don't have a healthy heart, it's not a healthy hand you're extending to your partner, to your husband, to your wife, to your kids, to the people in your workplace, the people you are doing life with. Unhealthy heart, unhealthy hands, healthy heart, Healthy hands. And so the tips that I want to use, again, like I said, first the natural, then the spiritual. We're just going to take what we would do naturally for a healthy heart as the same as what we need to do spiritually. Does that make sense? All right. So some healthy heart habits. Healthy heart habit number one is a balanced diet. Just like in the natural, a healthy heart requires a balanced diet. Hands up here if you like junk food. Oh, the rest of you are lying. <laughs> you know where liars go, don't you? All right, let me start again. Hands up if you like junk food. Yeah, True. Now, you know what? There's nothing wrong with junk food. But what's the key? The key is moderation. The key is in balance. Even now, there is talk, I know that I'm going to get shot by the paleoites, but they talk about... You shouldn't have any sugar. And I'm just saying, no, 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 no. Because I'm telling you, in 20 years' time, there's going to be some ramifications in our health because of people who have cut certain things out. The key is and always has been balance. It's moderation. Yes, I agree there's too much sugar in our diets right now, totally, and it's hidden sugars. But you can't cut it totally out because it's just not healthy. But the key is balance. So just what we have to do physically, if you want to have a a heart smart, you want to have a healthy heart, then you've got to have a a diet that's in moderation, that's balanced. Well, it's the same with us spiritually. I don't know about you, but there are certain scriptures, there are certain texts, there are certain books in the Bible I love. They're like your chocolate. So you pass me a stalk of celery celery or a square of chocolate. You know which one I'm going to take. Don't don't mock me. You're the same. Don't judge me. Come on. You would take it. 
It's just that there's certain preference, there's certain things that we like. I mean, I love the scripture. God has a plan for me, plans to prosper, plans to give me a hope in the future. I don't want the scripture that says God's here to condemn you, which there isn't a scripture. I like that, okay? But we, we have favorite scriptures. I, want the, um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We love those scriptures and they're great. But you know what? There are other scriptures that we have to marry up as well. Scriptures that are just as important that we can't just ignore or leave and just, you know, I'll leave that. Same with books. There are certain books of the Bible we love. You know, I love the Acts. I love hearing what they're doing. I love the Gospels. But, you know, some of the minor prophets and some of uh, Revelation. And all, I'm not really interested in that. We've got to have a balanced diet. Just like if you have too much sugar, too much fatty food, and that clogs your arteries and it makes it hard for the heart to work and it's a very, puts a lot of stress on, stress on your heart. If we clog our spiritual life with an unbalanced diet, what is it going to lead to? It's going to lead to a heart attack. And we've got Christians, and myself included, there sometimes I've found myself in situation which is appearance of a heart attack. Why? Because I've had an unbalanced diet. I've been leaning a certain way. I've got a certain text, a certain favourite. I have fed myself a certain diet. And guess what? When the storms of life come, when things get shaken, I wonder why I'm shaken. It's because I've had a one-sided theology. I've had a certain thing. It's a bless me one. It's a this. It's a that. And then when I can't marry it up in my theology, why? Because I haven't had a balanced diet. A balanced diet lets me know that, you know what? I am the daughter of a king. Balanced diet tells me that I am the head, not the tail. But a balanced diet also says when the storms of life come. It doesn't say that I'm a void of these things. It just teaches me how I can overcome and survive in those things. But if I've got a theology that's all fluffy and it's all good is for me, then I'm in trouble when it isn't fluffy and it isn't all good for me. It doesn't mean that... Um, uh, I've got to be in denial. It just means, or I've got to be uh, like, oh, it's not going to be good. It just means, you know what? Despite the circumstances, despite the situation, I know my God loves me. I know my God's for me. I know that God works all things together for the good. So despite what my situation is right now, despite what I'm feeling, I know God is for me and together we can make it through. It's a balanced diet that will help me. So again, we're talking about heart smart. We're talking about healthy habits. We've got to have a balanced diet. And my question to us tonight is, how's your diet? What are you eating? What are you doing and putting into your spiritual soul? What are you feeding on? And how's your diet looking? We just got to take, have a little, um, what do you call it, a little journal of what we're eating. Anybody here who knows they've been on a weight loss journey, the first key any nutritionist or any health coach will tell you is to have a food diary. Write down, because we think we're doing well and you don't realise how well you're doing or how well you're not doing until you actually put pen to paper. And so my question to us tonight is, how are you doing? What is your diet like? What are you eating? I go for a walk, 5K walk every morning with our dog and I always like to listen to a message. And so the temptation is, I've got some favourite preachers and so you put them in and you enjoy it, but the temptation is to always listen to them. And I've had to train myself to just different, every day, a different preacher, a different church, a different denomination, a different, you know, whether it's from an elevation or whether it's a Hillsong, whether it's a Wayne Grudem's, a systematic theology, just different concepts because what am I doing? I'm trying to have a balanced diet. I'm trying to feed myself with things that, oh, I don't know if I really like that. Sometimes I don't even know if I get it, but you know what? It's going in and I'm trusting what's going in is doing something on the inside. 
The other thing, when you talk with doctors and they talk about balanced diet, often what we do is we overcompensate. So if you've been really bad, it's like, right, I'm just going to starve myself. So I'm not going to eat anything. And the first thing a doctor would tell you is that is bad for your metabolism. If you deny yourself, the body thinks it's going into starvation mode and it starts to slow everything down so that when you finally crack and you have to eat, the body just stores it all because it says, oh, food, and I know that starvation's coming, so it just stores it all for future reserves. The other thing we do is we binge. So we will pig out, pig out, pig out, and then we'll go and make ourselves sick because we feel guilty afterwards. And I see Christians doing that all the time spiritually. Whether they're bulimic or whether they're uh, anorexic, they don't have a balanced diet. You know, they beat themselves up. They're, oh, I haven't done very well with God. So you know what? Tomorrow morning, my 10-minute devotional is 10 hours. And then they wonder why they can't keep that up. It's like, because you had to go to school, silly. You know, or you had to go to work. Now, that's an exaggeration, but that's what we do. Right, you see it every September in the gym. People haven't been to the gym for all year and they go and go to the gym and they do this heaviest workout and realise they can't get out of bed, everything's so sore, they can't even actually go back to the gym for three weeks and say, I'm never doing that again. And yet we, we laugh and we see it all the time. But you know what? As Christians, we do that spiritually. How many times I speak to people in, in their situations, say, how are you doing with this? What's going on? And How's your reading life? What are you reading? And the amount of times people come back, eventually they go, oh, actually, I'm not reading anything. Well, what do you listen to? Well, you know, I occasionally come to church. It's like, how's your diet? You can't fill yourself up with other stuff and then expect that you're going to have a healthy heart. And that then, because you've got a healthy heart, you've got healthy hands. You're wondering why. Why am I getting upset with my husband all the time? Why am I not coping with my kids? Why am I work? Unhealthy hands. Why have you got unhealthy hands? You've got an unhealthy heart. Why have I got an unhealthy heart? You've got an unbalanced heart diet. The first key in healthy, in having, in being heart smart is to have a balanced diet. The second key is regular exercise. I told you it's going to be really, really practical tonight. It's not, I know it's not glamorous. Most people, as soon as you start talking about dieting and exercise, most people tune out. But remember, we're wanting to have healthy hands. So we have healthy hands, we need a healthy heart. So we need regular exercise. The second key to healthy heart is regular exercise. Maintaining a healthy heart requires movement. Exercise keeps the blood flowing and the heart healthy. Do you know as Christians, we need to be involved. Our exercise is actually just being involved. You know what? It's just about doing something. Romans 12 verse 6 says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. You know what? You've all got a gift. How many times I myself have argued with God and other people have argued with me, well, it's all right for you. God, it's all right for them. They can do this. God says, the scripture clearly tells me I've got a gift. The scripture clearly tells you you've got a gift. The problem is we just compare ourselves to one another. So we think, well, because I can't get up here and play, because I can't get up here and sing, and by the way, James Ayton, last week, I want it on, t- on record. He said, Kath, you can sing. I said, James, I know. I've always known. They don't. You have to speak to Elise, all right? So I just want that on the record. So if you're sitting there and saying, yeah, well, I can't do that and I can't do this and I can't do that and it's all right for them, you have to argue with God because the Scripture says we've all got a gift. It's not about looking at someone else and saying, well, because I can't do that, I won't. It's about what's your gift? 
What's in you that you can exercise? Because remember, we're trying to say, keep your heart healthy. You've got to get the blood pumping. You've got to get it moving through the body. You want to keep your heart healthy so your hands are healthy. Then you're going to have to get involved. I just see too many, can I say, fat, lazy Christians. And I don't mean physically. I mean spiritually. Fat and lazy, you get great teaching here. You, we've got no excuse on the, on the internet, on the web, there's podcasts. We as believers are obese in terms of what we take in. I don't know how many of us actually fit in terms of what we expend out. Now, I'm not saying that to make people feel bad, because again, like I said, it's not about comparing. Because I know we're all in different seasons and in different ages. And so when I shared this with the chapel, I said, what you've got to understand is your season's different. So just because you can't do what you used to do, doesn't mean you don't do anything. And if you've, got a, if you've had one of our uh, giving envelopes, you'll see on there, the phrase that's on there, it says, different amount equals sacrifice. And so we're talking about how do you keep your heart healthy? How do you keep your heart healthy so your hands are healthy? Well, you just need to be involved. You just need to do something. And it's not about, well, I'm going to do that or I'm going to do that. And well, I can't sing, I'm not going to. It's about just do something. And I don't know how many times, how many times have people here said, I'm going to learn how to run. I want to learn how to run. I don't mean like physically learn how to run. I mean like run 5Ks or a marathon. Has anyone ever gone, you know what? I never, I'm not a runner, but I'm going to learn. None of you. <laughs> Liars. <laughs> so I was right. You are obese and lazy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Here's the key. Nobody just gets up and then tries and runs 5K. There's all these how to run programs. So they get you running 500 metres, then walk. Then they, they get, you know what I'm saying? They get you starting small. That's all we're saying. Do it in accordance to the gift that's within you. Do it in accordance to the faith that you have, but do it. Do something. You want to have a healthy heart so you've got healthy hands that you're extending to those who are in your world? Then you've got to do, get involved. Regular exercise. I remember years and years and years ago, a story about a woman and her weight loss journey, and it was called Walk Around the Clothesline. Now, I'm going to show my age here because remember the old Hills Hoist? You know, you know, as a kid, you used to hang from it and your brother and sister would swing you around. You see how fast you could go. Well, this woman, what she did, she just realised she couldn't just go and run 5Ks. So she tied a rope around a hills horse, horse, hills hoist, and she walked around. And she started with one lap and then two laps and then gradually got up. And all she did was walk in circles, kind of like, saw Rachel and Dave, kind of like when you break the horses in. <laughs> she just walked around and around in circles and something, she wrote a book and lost something like 50 or 60 Ks and it's a mega million. Why? Because she just did something. She did what was within her. We're talking about, you want to have a healthy heart? You want to make a difference in the world? Then you've got to have healthy hands. To have healthy hands, you've got to have a healthy heart. And one of the keys of having a healthy heart is get involved. <laughs> Hebrews 13, 21 says, He has equipped you with everything good for doing His will. He's equipped you for everything good for doing his will. Not yours, not what you want to do, for doing his will. Hebrews 9.14 says, We've been saved to serve. Keeping your heart healthy requires you to be involved. Thirdly, key we're talking about another key for healthy heart habits is to clean living. Luke 6.45 says, The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, the mouth speaks. 
Do you know the harder the heart has to work to pump the blood around the body, the more stress it puts on it. It's the same spiritually. The harder the heart has to work because of all the stuff we've got going on in there, the more it affects this. And so people say to me, well, you don't understand. I can't forgive because of what they did. And I'm just like, you know what? You've got so much stuff here. If you don't forgive, whatever you touch is littered with unforgiveness. So you might, in all in good intentions, want to make someone's day, but what's in here regulates what happens here, and that's what touches humanity. And so we've got to start to learn to live clean. I mean, clean living's a big thing nowadays. I don't know if you've noticed. I mean, you've got clean petrol. You buy the different types of petrol. There's um, Even when I buy airline tickets now, you can fly carbon neutral, so pay more because you want, if you want to uh, be good for the environment. You can clean living. There's Paleo Pete and all these guys are clean living diets. Clean living is a big emphasis. And again, because it's a big emphasis naturally, how much more important is it for us to live clean spiritually? Healthy heart, healthy hands. We've got to learn to not keep stuff in here. Because when we keep stuff in here, unhealthy heart, what does that equal? Unhealthy hands. And so if we're not living clean, then it's harder for us to get involved and do the things we need to do. It's harder for us to have a nice touch on humanity because what's in here comes out. The good man brings the good stored up in his heart. The evil man brings the evil stored up in his heart. If you've got bitterness, resentment, envy, jealousy, pride, fear, Whatever you do is tinged with that. Now, we're not perfect, but we all should be on the journey of dealing with that. And I don't know how many times I've argued with God or people have argued with me when I've said to him, well, what does it matter? Who cares and who knows? So I'm holding on to that unforgiveness. So I've got a bit of bitterness here. So I'm a little bit envious and jealous. How many times I said, God, what does it matter? And God says, daughter, you do not understand. That filters through everything. Every conversation you have with your child, that filters through. Every conversation you have with friends, that filters through. We're kidding ourselves if we think we can hold on to our little hurts, issues, agendas, because it doesn't affect anybody. Well, twofold. It's having a big effect on you, but you are kidding yourself if you think it's not having an outworked effect because an unhealthy heart equals unhealthy hands. We've got to learn to live clean. One of the, I suppose one of my saving graces is that I've just had to develop the art of living before an audience of one. You can't be in leadership without making unpopular decisions. It's just part of being in leadership. It's a part of being misunderstood just because, you know what, some of us have a different perspective than others. I always think of Tony Abbott. I feel sorry for Tony Abbott. I would never, ever want to be Prime Minister. Never. Because he has to make decisions that he has information you and I will never know. Never know. We don't know what goes on. We think we do. And the media like to let us know that they think that we do and this is what we should know. But we never, never know the full gamut of it. But most of us sit back and we're very opinionated about what Tony Abbott should or shouldn't do. And one of my favourite lines in the movie of all time is in... um, a few good men, you know, when Jack Nicholson goes, you sleep under the protection of the... No, I don't know, mess it up. You sleep under the 
blanket of protection that I provide for you and then you judge the way in which I provide it. And I think, you know what, there are benefits that Tony Abbott and his government have brought to this country that I'm grateful for. There's some things that maybe I don't agree and don't understand, but I've also known that, you know what, I don't get it all. I don't know it all. And so I, we, he has to live before an audience of one. And that's what I've done in my life. Just go, you know what, Lord, I've got to live before an audience of one. Understand that, you know what, my responsibility is to live with my heart clean. Clean heart. And just go, if I've done something that has been out of my stupidity, out of my bitterness, anger, and I've offended or hurt somebody, then I want to be able to make recompense for that. So if it's my fault and I've done something, then I absolutely agree. I need to be able to apologise, repent, get on with it, ask for forgiveness. But if somebody has taken an offence or somebody has got their nose out of joint simply because it's something within them, I have to get to the point where I say, God, I need to live clean. I can't take that on. I didn't say it like that. I didn't mean it like that. It wasn't the intention. It was something in them that has reacted. And so, God, I have to stand before you and say, you know what? I want to live clean because if I let that get into my spirit, if I let that dwell in my heart, that's going to affect my hands. And I'm going to start, well, you know, I'm going to start getting bitter towards that person because they've misinterpreted or they won't let me or they want to hold on to something. And I've just got to say, you know what, Lord, I live before you. If I'm wrong, I want to be able to go to them. If I'm wrong, I'd like to think they can come to me and say, hey, when you said this, I've taken it this way. Hey, cool, we can deal with that. But if it's out of my hands, God, I just want to live before you because you know what? I can't do anything about it, but I can do something about the cleanness of my heart. And I want to live clean before you because if my heart is clean and my heart is healthy, then my hands are healthy. And I might not be able to help that person with what they're going through, but the next person, I don't want to bring that onto the next person and the next relationship and the next issue that I'm dealing with. So we need to learn to live clean. I say to people, you know what? I just like to live simple. I'm not saying simpleton, just simple. One of the greatest sayings that Tony has that I love, he just says, Kath, unless anybody gives you anything different to believe, then think the best. Why think the worst? He said, just think the best unless they give you evidence to think contrary. So I just think the best. If someone says, so-and-so, did you hear? I'm just stop right there. No, I didn't hear. I don't want to hear. And I don't care what you think they said about me. Until they tell me to my face, I will not believe it. I think they'll like me because look at me. (laughs) Why wouldn't you like me? And when I do something wrong that you wouldn't, then come and tell me so I can make a change. Anyway, live clean. I live naive. Someone said, well, you're naive. And I said, good, naive works for me. So you know what? Join me, let's be naive. Believe the best until given evidence into the contrary. Fourthly, regular checkups. I was a dental nurse for 11 years before, in my former life, I was a dental nurse. And um, you would do work for people. And at the end of doing work for people, you would suggest to them that they have a six-month checkup. You know, come back in six months. And a lot of people, you know what, I get it. They've spent money on being at the dentist and I don't know why people don't like us. I mean, really, what's, what's, what's so scary about the dentist? Bright light, big drill, big injection, pain. I don't get it. But anyway, you would also, at the end of treatment, you'd be suggesting to someone, come back in six months. And people would be like, oh, you're just after my money. I'm like, no, you don't get it. If you come back in six months, maybe it'll cost you a hundred bucks to have a checkup, a clean set of x-rays. Come back, it might cost you a hundred bucks a year. But regular checkups means we catch things early. So you come back in six months, it's a hundred dollars, but we don't need to see you again for 12 months. 
Then in 12 months, it's 100 bucks. We don't need to see. In 10 years, you've spent $1,000. But you know what? If you don't come back for a checkup and we don't catch something early enough, you can spend $3,000 on one tooth, one visit, easy. So we need to have regular checkups if we want to keep heart smart. If you want to adopt some healthy heart habits, you've got to have regular checkups. It's easier to adjust. It's easier to make the smallest adjustment when you see it. So somebody comes to the dentist, we say, oh, we've taken an x-ray last time. There was a bit of a shadow. Let's check that. And you can keep checking and we can catch it early. We say, look, that shadow's turned more into a little, let's do a little filling now. Because if we leave it, that could be a major root canal or an extraction down the track. Get it? Regular checkups, keeping our heart healthy. Prevention is always better than cure. And when, um, when we're talking about regular checkups, here's just a key. I know it's common sense, but you know what they say about common sense? It's not that common. But when you're doing regular checkups, you've got to find somebody trustworthy and somebody who's an expert. Now, I said to you, I was a dental nurse. Emphasis on the nurse. I'm not, I wasn't a dentist. Now, I had some experience, but do you know how many times my family in particular come to me and they go, hey, check this out. What do you think it is? And I'm like, one, for the fact that that was 18, 17 years ago since I've actually been in that field. I'm not the expert. How about you go ring a dentist? <laughs> Again, we're talking about regular checkouts. We need to position ourselves for people to speak into our worlds, for people to say, you know what? I've, just been, I've been doing life with you. I've just noticed the way you're interacting with the kids just a little bit. Hey, what's going on? How are you doing that? Hey, I've noticed this. What's going on? Regular checkups. And just position yourself so somebody can speak into your world, but also it's positioning yourself with the right people to speak into your world. I mean, if you've got something concerning you, you want to go to a doctor, you go to a certified doctor. You don't just go to someone who's advertising in the local trader and go, oh yeah, it seems like a good idea. It's like, no, you want to go to the expert because if you're going to have to do something to me, I want to know that I'm getting the right advice. So we're talking about regular checkups, make, you position yourself for an expert, and then just listen and adjust. Hear what they have to say and go, you know what, they're a trustworthy person, they're expert, they've got my best interest at heart, I'm just going to trust what they're saying to me. I love the scripture in Proverbs 27, 6. It says, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. The fourth key is regular checkups. And then finally, the last key is supplements. I'm going to invite the band to come on up. A supplement is an addition designed to make up for a deficiency. And you know what? Despite all our best in tensions. Sometimes we just can't get everything we need naturally within our diet. That's why they have vitamins and that's why they have supplements because you know what, with the over-processing of food, with um, our lifestyle and how busy we are, with a lot of the uh, processing, sometimes food is, we're not getting enough in our diet and we need to supplement it. So sometimes for Tony and myself, we often will take, in times of big stress, so coming up to Christmas or possibly Easter, big events uh, that we're coming up to in the life of the church, we'll supplement our diet with, say, Omega B. So when you're under in stressful situations, vitamin B is the first vitamin that is depleted from the body. And you get vitamin B in your green uh, vegetables and in your kale and in your spinach. And you can drink as many green smoothies as you want and you can eat as much broccoli. Sometimes it's just not cutting it. And so you have to add something to your diet. Um, and we would take vitamin B. One of the signs for me 
with vi- if I'm lacking vitamin B is you get a muscle twitch. Does that, has anyone ever had muscle twitches? Do you know that that's because you're lacking vitamin B? So I'll often sit there and my eye goes, it starts flickering. And the other day I was sitting on the lounge and the, my back tricep started to flicker and it was flickering so much like it was jumping. It was jumping so much the lounge was, and Mitchie was like, what is going on? It's just my arms going, Ugh. it's like, okay. I'm obviously a little bit stressed. It's just my body telling me, you know what? You're lacking something. You need to supplement it. And it's the same with us spiritually. We, as I've been saying, we get great teaching here, but there is no excuse for you and I to be deficient in any area. You can get on the websites, you can download messages, you can get podcasts, you can get emails sent to you. There's all sorts of ways and resource that you can supplement your spiritual lifestyle. Remember, we're talking about keeping your heart clean so that you and your heart healthy so that you have healthy hands. And sometimes just with how we're doing it, we're not getting enough. So we need to supplement it. We need to supplement it with resources and we need to supplement it with relationships. I love what Chris shared this morning. And again, you can get on our website tonight and you can download his message from this morning when he talked about who's in your world and who do you let speak to you? And it's great to have those around you who say they're there. Sometimes we need the they're there, but I've always enjoyed the they're there. That's not just this they're there, but it's this they're there. Come on. It's the they're there comfort, but we're going somewhere. We're not leaving you where you are. And so sometimes we just need to supplement our lifestyle with relationships. And I love Tony's saying when he says, you show me your and and I'll show you your future. The P, who are the ands in your world? I love it. It says Peter and John. It says Mary and Elizabeth. It's about people doing life together. Who are your ands? Who are the people in your life that help supplement your Christianity? Yes, Jesus is all we need. Jesus has made the way. But you know what? Jesus placed us in a family. Yes, I have my natural family, but you know what? They're not enough for me. They are great, but we don't have the whole gamut of truth. Jesus has placed us in a spiritual family so that we can do life together. Because you know what? I might see something in you your partner doesn't see. You know what? You might see something in someone else that they haven't seen yet. And through relationship, it's a supplementation to our life that helps us have a healthy heart. And so what is the supplementation for you? Ecclesiastes 4.10 says, If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him. I have a heart to see this church change this community and change the community of the world. And it changes by changing people. But you know what? If we're not allowing the Word of God, if we're not vigilant on being heart smart, then we can't change people because we don't have healthy hands. And so like everything, it starts with us. And we've just got to get to a place, say, Lord, how's my heart doing? How how am I doing? What's my heart like? Because if my heart is healthy, my hands are healthy. If my hands are healthy, then I can be a true representation of Jesus to the community. We've got some great plans. We've got some great things we want to do. We've got a great God who wants to just pour out His Spirit and move in people's lives. But you know what? He needs to start with us. And I just want to be a vessel that says, God, I want to have a healthy heart. When I reach out to somebody, I want them to see you. I don't want, to see, I don't want them to see you filtered through my bitterness. I don't want them to see you filtered through my fear. 
I don't want them to see you filtered through my hurt. I don't want them to see you filtered through my insecurity. I know it can be there, but the key is times like this when we do a heart check and just go, you know, how is my heart tracking? What is happening in my heart? We need to be heart smart because the heart regulates the hands. And my concern with when we did Generous June is that we'll just get busy. Like, okay, you know what? I want to be generous with my words. I want to be generous with my work. I want to be generous with my worship. I want to be generous with my wealth. And we'll just get head down, tail up and start doing. But I just want us to take a moment to get, let's go back to the beginning. Yes, we need to do, but you know what? We need to do on a foundation of a healthy heart because it starts here. And when I touch humanity, I want it to be the touch of God, not the touch of whatever's not right in here. Amen? Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 